Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of March 18. In the news. The foreign ministers of Armenia and Turkey meet on the sidelines of the Antalya Diplomacy Forum. Azerbaijan proposes a peace accord with Armenia. And while repairs to a damaged natural gas pipeline commenced, residents of Artsakh continue to remain without gas supply in freezing temperatures. On March 12, Armenia's Foreign Minister Art Mirzoyan met with his Turkish counterpart Mevlut Çavuşoğlu on the sidelines of the Antalya Diplomacy Forum. According to Armenia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the sides reiterated their commitment to continue the normalization process of Armenian-Turkish relations without any preconditions. The ministers agreed that Armenian-Turkish reconciliation will be beneficial for the entire region. Çavuşoğlu described talks with Mirzayan as very productive and constructive, noting that Azerbaijan supports Armenian-Turkish talks. It's important to note that Çavuşoğlu has announced several times that Ankara will coordinate the Turkish-Armenian normalization process with Baku. And while in Antalya, Foreign Minister Arat Mirzayan gave an interview to the Turkish Anadolu News Agency, where he said that he decided to participate in the Antalya Diplomacy Forum to once again demonstrate Armenia's willingness to normalize relations with Turkey and open an era of peace and stability in the region. Mirzoyan also stated that the Armenian public generally supports the normalization of relations with Turkey, adding that he discussed some sensitive points with his Turkish counterpart and hopes that they will be taken into consideration. Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov announced that Russia supports the Turkish-Armenian normalization process at a meeting with Çavuşoğlu on March 16. And as a reminder, the first meeting of the special envoys for this normalization process, Rupen Rubinian and Sirdar Kilic, was held in Moscow on January 14. On March 14, Azerbaijan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs made public a proposal for a peace accord with Armenia consisting of the following five points. Mutual recognition of each other's sovereignty and territorial integrity, mutual reaffirmation of the absence of territorial claims to each other, and a legally binding obligation not to make such claims in the future, abstaining from threatening each other's security, demarcation of the border, and unblocking of transport links. In response to this proposal, Armenia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs issued a statement announcing that Armenia has responded to Baku and applied to the OSCE-MIS group to organize negotiations between the two countries to eventually sign a peace treaty based on the UN Charter, the International Covenant on the Civil and Political Rights, and the Helsinki Final Act. The OSCE-MIS group, which has an international mandate to broker a negotiated settlement of the Nagorno Karabakh conflict has not yet provided an official response to Armenia's request. Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev uh, has announced on several occasions that the Minsk group is obsolete since Azerbaijan solved the nagorno karabakh conflict with the 2020 war. French ambassador to Armenia and Luyot, however, uh, said that France, as an OSCE Minsk group co-chair country, is ready to respond to Armenia's request. Since the end of the war, the Minsk Group has not conducted a visit to the region. In an interview to Armen Press the following day, Armenia's Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan confirmed that the five points publicized by the Azerbaijani Foreign Ministry are indeed the ones that Armenia received. Commenting on Armenia's position on the principles presented by Azerbaijan, Mirzoyan stated that negotiations for a peace agreement must be held without any preconditions. He also noted that the provisions mentioned in the proposal do not fully reflect the whole agenda of existing problems, adding that for the Armenian side, the rights and freedoms of the Armenians of Artsakh are clearly guaranteed and the status of nagorno karabakh is finally clarified.
Mirzoyan also stated that for Armenia, the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict is not a territorial issue but a matter of rights. According to the foreign minister, although the Azerbaijani proposals also include a provision about starting the demarcation and the delimitation processes, Azerbaijani authorities have rejected a proposal package on demarcation and delimitation offered by Armenian side, which included a clause on mutual withdrawal from the border. Yesterday, Russia's foreign ministry representative, Maria Zakharova, also announced that Russia welcomes Armenia's and Azerbaijan's willingness to start talks on a peace treaty and is willing to support the process. And today, Azerbaijani authorities organized an event in Shushi to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Azerbaijan's admission to the United Nations with the participation of UN representatives accredited in Azerbaijan. Hikmet Hajiev, assistant to the Azerbaijani president, tweeted that, quote, the flag of the UN will wave in liberated Shusha, that is what uh, Azerbaijanis call uh, Shushi, and that the airplane carrying delegates to Shushi uh, is in fact named Khangendi. This is the Azerbaijani name uh, for Stepanagerd. Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jehan Bayramov, announced in Shushi that the financial and political integration of Armenians is a priority for the Azerbaijani government. Artsakh's foreign ministry condemned Azerbaijan's move, calling it an attempt by Azerbaijan to legitimize the results of the aggression against Artsakh. According to the statement, the participation of UN representatives in the event undermines the UN's mission and ideology and will negatively impact the effectiveness of its activity. After meeting mediation process by the Armenian government and Russian peacekeeping forces, Azerbaijani authorities finally started repairs on a damaged natural gas pipeline that runs through territory under their control on March 16. Residents of Artsakh uh, had been deprived of gas supply since March 8 in freezing temperatures. As we're taping this podcast, we heard that um, the repairs have concluded, but because there are some other technical issues, um, residents continue to remain without gas, hopefully by the end of the day. I mean, that's being optimistic, but hopefully by but tomorrow. Soon. At yeah. least we know the repairs are concluded. Uh, unfortunately, the the situation is not completely settled in Ghalabagh, and it will probably not be for a while. On March 15, the administration of Artsakh's Askeran region announced that the children and the women were evacuated from Kharamort village, which had been the target of Azerbaijani aggression since the beginning of March. According to the announcement, the women and children will return to the village after measures are taken to guarantee their security. In the beginning of the week, Artsakh's defense army stated that the situation had stabilized on the border and no major ceasefire violations were registered. Also this week, several news agencies, including HEDC, reported that Azerbaijani armed forces had advanced one kilometer near Sunik region's Nerkin Hand village. Villagers reported that Azerbaijani soldiers had advanced toward their village and had set up tents. The Ministry of Defense, Armenia's Ministry of Defense, that is, stated that there had been no advancement of Azerbaijani armed forces in the territory of Armenia. According to the ministry, Azerbaijani uh, military had a number of posts that they uh, were not using because of poor weather conditions, but since the weather is improving, they have returned to those posts. However, villagers reported that they first noticed the Azerbaijani soldiers in the beginning of March and that prior to this, there had been no sort of Azerbaijani military or units in such close proximity to their village. According to Hetk, Azerbaijani servicemen also tried to start road construction near Nerkin Hand. Construction was stopped, and this is how it was worded, after the Armenians interfered or or objected. It's not clear what they mean by... The authorities, the army, the armed forces... uh, 
well, yeah, it's not clear. Also, like the villagers, former ombudsman uh, Armand Tadrian also has raised concerns regarding the Azerbaijani advancement. He also announced uh, on March 15 that there were no Azerbaijani military positions in that area prior to these recent reports. And yesterday, Armenia's acting current human rights defender, Kristina Grigorian, told reporters that a rapid response team of the uh, Human Rights Defender's Office was sent to Sunik to investigate the situation and will publish a report soon. This week, the bodies of two Armenian conscripts were found in their respective military uh, positions with gunshot wounds. We don't know where these military positions are. The circumstances of their deaths are being investigated. On March 17, Armenia's defense minister denied rumors that an Armenian soldier had been killed and another uh, wounded as a result of Azerbaijani border provocations. And in international news, this week, Russia formally left the Council of Europe on March 15 before PACE voted on a resolution to expel Russia from the Council of Europe. The Russian representative handed a letter to the Council of Europe Secretary General about Russia's formal withdrawal from the European body. Armenia did not take part in the peace vote. The Council of Europe has also suspended its relations with Belarus as a result of the country's active participation in the aggression of the Russian Federation against Ukraine. As we reported last week, thousands of Russians have flocked to Armenia because of the economic sanctions imposed on their country, mainly by the EU and the United States. There are still no concrete numbers, uh, specific numbers, about how many Russians have actually settled uh, in Armenia at the moment. But, you know, there people are throwing around numbers. It's estimated to be in the tens of thousands. On March 15, the head of Armenia Central Bank, Martin Kalistian, reported that since the beginning of March, approximately uh, 6,500 non-resident accounts have been opened uh, in Armenian banks. Interesting development. We talked about this last week. Um, and also Aeroflot, which had suspended all international flights last week, will resume flights to uh, Armenia on March 22. And uh, admittedly, Armenia has uh, remained very neutral in this uh, conflict, in this situation. However, there was an incident that was like talked about and mm-hmm. raised concerns. Um, a Russian school uh, adjacent to the Russian military base in Gyumri staged a performance in support of Russia's war in Ukraine, forming the letter Z, which has been spotted on Russian tanks and armored vehicles that are deployed in Ukraine. It is not entirely clear what the letter represents. Some speculate that it is used to mark Russian military vehicles to distinguish them from Ukrainian ones and avoid friendly fire. The Russian Ministry of Defense explained that the letter Z um, denotes Zap Abiedu, which means for victory in Russian. Students who participated in this event in Gyumri told Radio Free Europe's Armenian service that they knew little about the war in Ukraine or what the letter Z actually means. The school operates under the jurisdiction of the Russian Defense Ministry and is for the children of the servicemen of the Russian base and the children of the Armenian employees of the military base. So it's basically Russian land, a Russian jurisdiction. This week, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan held telephone conversations with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and Russian President Vladimir Putin. With Putin, Pashin discussed the current situation in the region, the recent tensions on the Artsakh-Azerbaijan border, Armenian-Turkish rapprochement, as well as Armenia's application to the OSCE Minsk Group co-chairs to initiate negotiations with Azerbaijan. Trudeau and Pashinyan touched upon Canada's efforts to aid the democratization process in Armenia, as well as highlighted the importance of the Minsk Group in the resolution of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. 
Pashinyan and Blinken discussed Armenia-U.S. relations, the prospects of demarcation and delimitation between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and Armenia-Turkish relations. The next day, the U.S. Secretary of State talked to Ilham Aliyev. In a tweet, Blinken noted that they spoke about the importance of resolving regional conflicts and pursuing a path to peace in the South Caucasus. Blinken said he also thanked the Azerbaijani president for his country's support provided to Ukraine. Azerbaijan has not made any official announcements on supporting Ukraine. Moreover, two days before Russia's attack on uh, Ukraine, Vladimir Putin and Ilham Aliyev signed uh, a strategic agreement on allied cooperation. However, Baku did provide humanitarian aid uh, to Ukraine. On February 26, Ukrainian President um, Zelensky tweeted his thanks to Azerbaijan for supplying this humanitarian aid to his country that included 5 million euros worth of medicine. Additionally, Aliyev ordered gas stations in Ukraine belonging to Azerbaijan state oil companies, Sokar, to provide free fuel to ambulances and emergency services vehicles. More on the diplomatic front, Foreign Minister Artmir Zoyan participated in the ministerial conference of La Francophonie on March 16. During his speech at the conference, Artmir Zoyan drew attention to the humanitarian crisis that Azerbaijan created in Artsakh by cutting off gas supplies and urged the member states of La Francophonie to condemn Azerbaijani actions aimed at destabilizing the situation in the region. Mirzoyan also met with the Director General of UNESCO and underlined the necessity of UNESCO's intervention to protect Armenian heritage under Azerbaijani control. And on March 17, Arat Mirzoyan met with NATO's Deputy Secretary General. They discussed regional security issues. Arat Mirzoyan also presented the humanitarian crisis in Artsakh and the ceasefire violations by Azerbaijan. EU Special Representative to the South Caucasus, Toivoy Klar, was in Yerevan this week and held meetings with Prime Minister Pashinyan as well as other officials. Pashinyan told Klar that his government is steadily implementing its democratic agenda and thanked the EU for supporting that process. Toivo Klar noted that the European Union attaches great importance to its partnership with Armenia and reaffirms its readiness to support Armenia's democratic reforms. The sides also discussed recent regional developments. And back to Armenia, Edmond Marukian, the leader of the Bright Armenia Party, was appointed as ambassador-at-large on March 14. Marukian served as a lawmaker from 2012 to 2021. In 2017, in between 2017 and 2018, he was part of the opposition Yelk Alliance, which was formed by Bright Armenia, a civil contract, and Hana Betetun parties. After the SNEP parliamentary elections of 2018, Marukian became an opposition to Pashinyan's government and a vocal critic of his policies. During the 2021 parliamentary elections, Marukian's Bright Armia party did not pass the threshold to enter the parliament. On March 13, Vahakin Khachadurian was inaugurated as Armenia's fifth president. Current and former state officials and diplomats participated in the inauguration ceremony. The lawmakers of um, the opposition factions, as well as former presidents of Armenia and Artsakh who were invited to the ceremony, did not take part. And David Galestian, nicknamed Patron Davo, the arms dealer who is accused of supplying low-quality missiles to Armenia's armed forces together with former Defense Minister David Tonoyan, was released on 50 million Armenian drams, that is 100,000 U.S. dollars, bail on March 
2014. According to Gor Abrahamian, advisor to Armenia's Prosecutor General, taking into account that David Galassian has already taken measures to recover over 2 billion Armenian drums, which the state lost because of the faulty missiles, the prosecutors did not object to his release on bail. David Tonoyan will remain in pretrial detention, and, and in January, two lawmakers from the Civil Contract Party and the leader of the Hanabetitun Party, Aram Sarkisian, provided uh, personal guarantees for his release, which was rejected by the court. On March 14, Armenia's Minister of Health, Anahid Avanesian, told reporters that there are still bodies of soldiers from the 2020 Artsakh War that have been identified through DNA testing in Armenia and abroad, which, however, are still not being claimed by their families. According to the minister, the government understands that parents still need time to deal with the grief. However, if the bodies are not claimed, at some point they will have to be interred. Last October, it was reported that um, approximately 100 bodies have uh, not yet been claimed by families, despite DNA identification. And uh, to daily COVID-19 infection numbers, they have fallen significantly in Armenia during the last seven days 412 new cases were registered and 24 people died of COVID-related causes. Also, Armenia received 306,000 doses of Pfizer vaccine from the U.S. The vaccination process has slowed down, and as of March 13, over 1.1 million people have received the first shot of the vaccine, and close to 950,000 people are fully vaccinated. And that's the kind of long week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, and we'll be back again next week.